up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 174. We're recording here on a snowy day in West Texas. Hope you all enjoyed your snow days, your days at home. Uh, and we got our guy, R.C. Maxfield, joining us today. Always excited to have R.C. on, talk a little basketball with you guys. Fun interview, talking to him. Uh, and then we have a new twist to shot bets that we we're really looking forward to. We did a draft with RC. You'll have to tune into that to catch what we're doing with our shot bets moving forward when we have guests on the show. And to catch everything else we are doing here at the tailgate, you got to follow us. You got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, kindly write us a review. You can also follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore or at tailgate underscore talks yes um you can also follow our instagram and facebook pages and give that youtube channel a follow we'll be posting our shot bet draft that we did with rc maxfield there as well as some other clips from our interview with him so make sure you're following that youtube channel and lastly if you have any comments questions or anything else to add to the tailgate you can always email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com so with all of that said let's go ahead and get into our discussion with rc maxfield we're gonna start this thing off right All right, well, we got our guy, R.C. Maxfield, joining the tailgate. R.C., you're joining the tailgate. I think this is like a record appearance out of visitors who have crashed our tailgates. How you doing tonight, sure. man? I'm good. I feel honored to be able to crash the party, so-called that. feel like a feel like a, you know, a Buffalo Bill fan, except for the part where my team actually <laughs> wins football games in the playoffs. Ooh. Ooh, crashing through tables and leaving with L's. That's what the Buffalo yeah, fan, yeah. Bills fans are getting uh, <laughs> used to. Uh, Joe Snowborough. That's the dopest nickname, Snowborough. Oh. Nice. I think mine is my, my favorite one is instead of Arrowhead, it's Burrowhead. That, that, yeah. That's my favorite one right there. That is a good one. But that, they're getting a little out ahead oh, of themselves there. They, he's won there one it's, time. It's slander. Like, calm it down. slander at this point. One time in the playoffs, like calm down before you start making up nicknames and changing historical locations. Like, the, the slander to Patrick Mahomes at this point is just borderline asinine, insane. Like whatever word you want to use, it is obviously disrespectful. Yeah. But like, what the hell well, are we doing? He's getting the LeBron treatment. Like, he's already just yeah. so good that everybody's like numb yeah, to it's it. It's the Mike Trout LeBron treatment. Like the latest, like. It's basically you know who the best player is when every time yep. you ask who the new hotness yeah. is at quarterback, it's Mahomes versus. You should know. So we give, yeah. So yeah. we give out like MVPs right. to Russell Westbrook and stuff just because we're tired of seeing yeah. LeBron James win MVPs. Yes. Yeah, it's like, bro, like Mahomes, like should he win it every year? Probably not. But like, should he right. win it majority of the time? Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. He had three. He had three plays in that first drive against the Jaguars that were all plays that I was just like, what in the hell is going on? The jump pass, yeah, the little sidearm pass. I was like, who who does that on the first drive? On one leg most of the time. Yeah, no, he's a sicko. Like I, some of the people I work with, 
because they know I went to tech and like the last, the first year I was ever in sports media was his last year. And so they asked me like, what was it like covering him? I was like, I knew he was a sicko, but I didn't know he was this guy. Like, you know, like he, this year is so different for him because like, even he would tell you like before the season, he was like the first four years of my career where I was a starter, I couldn't read a defense. Now I can. And I was like, if you're doing sicko stuff where you don't even know where the guy's supposed to be, imagine what it's going to be like when you're smart. You know, like you want an MVP yeah. before you can read de- read defenses. Yeah, bro. Like, come on. It, it's it's like I love Joe Burrow. He's he's the second best quarterback in the NFL. But for all the people out there that keep trying to put him above Patrick Mahomes, do your research, check some resumes, and just stop it. Just stop it and get some help. Yep. Everybody likes the newest, Great brightest thing, right? They, they always want to get rid of like the old guy who always and and Mahomes isn't even that old. That's what's the shocking thing Dude, about it. Dude, he's younger it, but... than me. He's right, that's than me. crazy. That pisses me off, bro, so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, we did bring RC on here to talk some basketball, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get into some more NFL stuff before we get him out of here because the playoffs are going, and that's a fun thing to talk about. While right now, one of the not fun things to talk about is the state of the Texas Tech men's basketball program. Since we last spoke to you guys, uh, Texas Tech dropped two more Big Twelve conference games. We fell to Baylor in Lubbock last Tuesday night. 81 to 74 followed that up with a 68 58 loss to Kansas state on Saturday in Manhattan, dropping the red Raiders to Owen seven in big 12 conference play. Not what we thought uh, we were going to see from the red Raiders at this point in the season. So RC just right there. What are your thoughts right after these two losses this past week and kind of the state of the Texas tech basketball program right now? Yeah, man, it's, they just got away from who they are. Um, yeah. I think it's the easiest way to say it is, you know, they tried to get too cute. And um, I can admit it, I kind of fell for it in the sense of like, I was like, man, this team is talented. Like, you know, going to the right. practices and stuff before the year. Um, I was part of the problem when it came to the hype train. I can admit that. Um, but also at the same time, um, it should have been apparent and it kind of was to a degree, but I thought they would make adjustments that they just kind of got away from what made them great. And what made Texas tech great was you could switch one through five. You would make it hell in a cell type matchup on the defensive end. And then if you made a couple shots, you're probably going to win because you know, your opponent isn't going to make more than you most of the time, yeah. just because of how great you are defensively. So I think they just got too cute um, in terms of, you know, trying to catch up with the Joneses almost in a way where everybody's just going after shooting in college basketball. When in all reality, they just, they should have just said, screw it. Um, This is working for us. Um, Everybody's trying to mimic them across the country. Basically, you know, go the Villanova route with Jay Wright, where, you know, Pop Isaacs would have been perfect on this team, but you can only have one of those. You can't have multiple if you want to be great in the Texas Tech scheme because, you know, and and again, this is not a slight to Devion or Kerwin or anything like that. They bring some skills to the table. But the problem is, is they're small. You can't switch them except for one through two, uh, maybe three in Kerwin's case. And then if they get switched on to a big, I mean, you're done. And that's kind of where Texas Tech um, thrived in years past and, um, you know, I think the last time that they had a defense that wasn't in the top 20, according to Ken Palm, was 2016. It's been seven years. Yep. So um, I think they just got away from 
what makes them great. And that and that's kind of the most frustrating part is um, I, I understand the changes in the aspect of you needed to get shooting, but why not go get guys that are bigger? Why not yeah. go get guys that, you know, I'll take a 34% three-point shooter instead of a 38% three-point shooter if that 34% three-point shooter is 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and then the other guys, you know, 6'3". Like, Texas Tech knows what makes them great, and they got away from it. And I think that's the most frustrating aspect of what's going on right now because there's no there's no debating. Like, there's talent on this roster, man. Like, it is a very yeah. talented roster. It Agreed. just can't play the Texas Tech brand of basketball that Mark Adams wants to play. Um, and I think they probably should have known that. They took a big swing, and sometimes you strike out, and that's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, I think – you know, last year, I just remember when we were getting those roster pieces, right? You're getting Bryson Williams, you're getting Davion Warren, you're getting Adonis Arms. Me and Dust would always joke about, he's 6'6", six, six, he's 6'7", six, he's 6'8", he's right in that wingspan. And then this year it came by and it was like one or two guys were in that wingspan and the rest were a little bit shorter. And, and mm-hmm. we kind of made fun of that all those guys were that, you know, if you're 6'6", six, six through 6'8", six, you, you know, Mark Adams has got his eye on you. But all of a sudden that changes Dustin. I just kind of want to get your thoughts right quick on, on where your head's at after uh, a couple more losses. Yeah, I agree with RC. I, you know, Joey McGuire's trying to establish the brand and we had it with Mark Adams and our former coach also with Mark Adams on the side there. And you got away from it. And like, just like RC saying, you don't have the guys like now you went too far in both ways. You got too small and you got too big and not enough in the middle there to make all of his, you know, switch everything and rebounding work because there's too many mismatches. Can't keep up. Now, you know, Fardos is out there on a lottery pick against Baylor and just getting smoked every play. Like, and then their big is down low against Pop to easily get a rebound and put back. Like, we're just getting ran around. Um, That's what, like, frustrates me the most is between the Baylor game and the Kansas game, the, the defense is just – there's just holes everywhere and we're not even making it hard on the other team. Like they're running plays. They just made up. I feel like, and Oh, guys wide open in the middle of the lane. Oh, extra pass. There's a three. Like it's easy. Yeah. I mean, 40, what Baylor have like 48 points or something like that in the first half. I mean, we never stopped them. It was all easy. And I mean, that's, what's frustrating is not even that you don't even have the guys Like you're not even, you don't have the same effort. You don't have, even close to the same product on the floor. And then you're not even making adjustments. It seems like, so there's just lots of combinations yeah. of everything going, going South for you. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. RC, I want to get to this kind of next question with like some of the frustrations. You kind of mentioned that, that one there, like we've lost our, our kind of brand from this team. One of the big frustrations that's kind of been rearing its head, especially in conference play is the second half and these runs that we've been allowing teams to go on just kind of what are your thoughts on like what's going on in the second half do you have any you know anything that you can pick from that where you know you're you got yourself a nice little eight point lead against Kansas State there you go on a nice run and then all of a sudden it's a 20 to 5 run and it just seems like every game we're coming away with a, a second half run by the opposing team that completely changes the outcome of the game yeah i mean Basketball is a game of runs, but Texas Tech in the second half sometimes take it takes it to the extreme um, in terms of allowing the opponent to go on those runs you were just talking about. I think, again, it, it really all comes down to this. Like, Texas Tech 
um, was built on the foundation of it switching everything. And, um, you know, they've got some guys out there that I think are actually really good defenders. Um, yeah. You know, Daniel Bacho, I think he's a good defender. I think Devion Harmon's a good defender too. The problem is, is they're asking him to switch every time. And every time he gets switched, he's on a center. So obviously yeah. he's going to be bad. Like it's just, it, or he gets yeah. lost. And, and, and to be fair, like, I get it because this this is what teams are doing now because they know everybody's going to switch. They run doubles in terms of what yeah. they do is like if they're running a screen, they'll run two of them. And that way Devion gets lost, right? Because you got to go through two big guys. Okay, like I'm probably going to get lost too, right? Because you're going to have to stagger some stuff and teams are doing a really good job of that. Perfect example was Iowa State where they just got manhandled up in Ames. But I think – when the second half comes down to it is um, it's just the consistency aspect of it. Um, they're super inconsistent on both sides of the floor. They look like a top 25 program for four or five minutes. And you're like, damn, that's what we expected. Yeah. Then the next four or five minutes, you're like, holy crap, this is, I don't know if they're going to win a conference game. Um, but I do think when it's all said and done, it's funny. I made a video for the channel today about this. I was like, if a run is going to happen, it's going to happen right now. Like, and the reason I think it's going to happen is because you're about to see the time where you're 0 and 7 and you're Texas Tech. I think you're basically at the point now where I don't know if I can curse on here. Can I curse? Yeah. Go okay, ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Um, where you throw no, shit we're curse up against friendly. the wall and you just see <laughs> yeah. what sticks. Like, just see what sticks at this point. Why yeah, not? Exactly. Like, that's the point you're at if you're Texas Tech. So, um, and I think that that's either going to do one of two things. It's either going to have the same exact result and you're not going to win basketball games or it goes the other way. And you win a game or two that you don't expect to win. Um, and I think that that's the big thing that um, is frustrating about the second half is just the inconsistency, as I mentioned, because I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just naive, but I think there's talent on this roster. Um, and I'm kind of done. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of done with hearing about this young team thing. I think that's been a false yeah. narrative all year. If you go look at the age of this team, they're actually above the pack. Like they're one of the, in terms of that quote unquote Mendoza line, you hear that term in baseball a lot of age right in the middle. They're actually above it right now. Are yeah. they playing young guys? Especially now that Fardos playing exactly. back and, way and more. To, to the people that thought Fardaz was going to change this whole thing, I'm sorry. Like, that that was just yeah. unrealistic. Um, but the talent is there. The, the thing for me that is the most, like, in terms of the offensive side that's the most frustrating um, and the lack of adjustments of it is just they just stand there um, for long periods of yeah. time. And don't get me started on this motion weave stuff they keep running. Um, it's uh, not 1980 Bob Knight. Nice. Like, we're not throwing chairs on the floor anymore. Um, you got to learn how to do a real offense or else you're going to have pop jacking it from 35 trying to save you. Um, and they've got guys where they can run stagger screens baseline. They've got big guys that are athletic enough um, to help them out on the perimeter um, to shoot the ball. I mean, I don't want Fardos shooting the ball all the time, but make them right. respect it. Every right? now and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think they're just not using guys in the roles that, I think they would thrive at the most. And I think that that comes back to coaching where they're trying to, you know, stick a, a circle block into a square hole. Like it's, or the vice versa, whatever that saying is, you know, um, yeah. it's just not going to work, man. Like it's just not going to work. And I, and I think that the perfect example 
this year was um, Kerwin Walton. Like, you were asking him to do things that he just doesn't do. Like, and another perfect example is Kevin O'Banner. Like, Kevin O'Banner has not lived to expect lived up to expectations this year because you're asking him to do things he's yeah, not he's meant not, to do. Yeah. Like, he's just not. And um, I think that with what Texas Tech does moving forward in terms of just throwing shit up against the wall, I think it's, hey, let's just play four out, one in, and let's just see what happens, man. Everybody just run chaotically. Don't stop a back cut. Have a big man in Fardaz and Bacho on the floor. Let KO get to his corner where he's an historically great shooter. And then everybody else just runs around like a chicken with their head cut off and finds some space. Like, who says no? I don't – I think the players will love it. Um, and it can't be any worse – it can't I mean, be any worse than what we're seeing offensively right now. And if it is, well, all right, we can go back to the 1980s, I guess. Yeah, the offense has to be one of the most frustrating things because of kind of the what we were sold in the offseason, right? You got the addition of Steve Green – Dustin, super familiar with Steve Green there at SPC. Uh, had a lot of time watching his practices and games. I don't think you're seeing anything of what you expected to have this offense that Steve Green was supposed to bring. So um, offensively, like, you know, Kevin O'Banner struggled. Uh, doesn't really feel like there's a leader on this team. Like, what's your thoughts on who's the leader on this team? If there isn't, who, like, did we expect too much from Kevin O'Banner? Cause I think a lot of people kind of pegged him as, Hey, he was a starter on this team last year. Mark, you know, knows what Mark Adams wants from you. Um, a lot of minutes, you know, he's almost to 2000 career points. Like then did we over expect, uh, from Kevin O'Banner this season and, and crowning him as the possible leader for this team? I don't, I don't think we over expected, but, um, Again, it kind of goes back to – I don't know if it's fair to judge Kevin O'Banner right now yeah. in the sense of like he he's in a situ, he, he's in a lose-lose situation, right? Like yeah. he's in an offense that doesn't move. He's not – the thing that Kevin O'Banner is really, really good at, Texas Tech doesn't do. And yeah. that's, that's a major issue, right? Like, um, for example, the thing that made Kevin O'Banner really good at ORU was his pick and roll. And with uh, Max Abrams up there, who's, by the way, I don't know if y'all paid attention to Will Roberts, but they've got him in this 7-5 guy that's like KD. It's wild. Anyway, um, yep, yeah, shout out to Ball is Life on that one. That's the only reason I saw it. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> like Kevin O'Banner, first and foremost, is not a very good screener. He's, he's a tweener that is asked to play the four position. And he's right. not a four. He's more than a, he's more like a three that has four tendencies on defense because he's a really good rebounder. And so I think Texas Tech just asked him to do too much um, from the standpoint of not the leadership role. Like I I'm there like I, I've seen it before. Um, I went to multiple practices like Kevin O'Banner's a solid leader. Devion Harmon's a solid leader. Um, now, that doesn't mean they can't get frustrated and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, oh, and seven would take its toll on me, too. Um, but I do think when it comes down to it, I think um, the thing that is just, again, the most frustrating for these guys is the aspect of it almost feels like they're being asked to do too much in a scheme and in a role that doesn't fit their skill set. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the guy that I always come back to with it is Devion Harmon. Um, I think Devion Harmon is a solid basketball player. I will admit I probably shit on him too much. But 
you're asking him to do things that he's not good at. And of course he's going to play bad. Like he's getting switched onto a five every possession. Um, Now, could he be better in the half court offensively? Yes, but we know yeah. he's not a guy that's good at half court offense. Like you're asking him he to likes run to get it, the ball and go. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. a guy that gets it and go. And I, I think that goes back to your initial point um, where you could argue that, yeah, you don't see anything from Steve Green um, unless it's in transition. And why is that? I think there's a lot of reasons um, you can go to. Um, but I mean, the main one is, is I, I think when it comes down to it is um, they're again, they're trying to fit blocks into a circle hole. um, And that is their biggest fault. Like I think everything anybody complains about on Texas tech, Twitter, Facebook, a podcast, whatever it may be, all comes back to the point that we talked about at first was Texas tech got away from their, their identity. They got too cute and it's biting them in the ass right now. Yeah. And it's hard to make adjustments because everything that you're trying to adjust to is back to your identity, but you don't have the roster to change back to your identity. Yeah. Yeah. So Dustin, uh, we've pointed out some frustrations. Is there any other frustrations you have that you kind of want to put on the table here? Just going back to the Kansas state game, I wanted to point out second half, there was about just over a minute left and we were at 19 points in the half. Not good. And that was just before we got some, they let us get layups, you know, at the end. So, yeah, 19 points in, like, basically 19 minutes of the second half. Yeah, Davion Harmon, like we just mentioned, really in the half-court offense bugs the hell out of me. Um, I literally counted multiple times in the Baylor game. He would hold the ball for four to five seconds, then dribble for four to five more seconds, going nowhere, just at the top of the key, basically, or using a screen and then backing out and not using it. And then next thing you know, there's 12 seconds left on the clock. They're scrambling for a shot. He's throwing it to Pop or Jay uh, Tyson, and they got to jack up a terrible three. And it bugs the hell out of me when we do that. We do nothing for most of the shot clock and then jack up a terrible shot. And then yet we're letting teams just have the easiest offense on the other end. And it's like, what do we not see here? Like, just player and coaching-wise, like, communicate with each other. Like, it's just such a such a disparity of what we're doing. And, like, Kansas game was the worst. Like, they're running such easy plays. Oh, there's an easy layup. Oh, easy 10-foot jump shot, wide open in the middle. Next thing you know, like, Tyson's having to jack up a fadeaway 25-footer to try to get anything off. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me is I feel like our players are just blindly going at what the coaches tell them and they're not trying to fix it either. And the coaches just aren't fixing it when they see it's not working. So yeah, it's you, bizarre you, to you me. think it's mostly the coaching. I, I think it's both, but I do think it starts at okay. the coaching. And like, from what I've noticed, like I'm the biggest Steve Green fan coming from SPC. I don't think the offense is in his hands. I think it's from what I've seen on the sidelines where we sit kind of behind the bench. I see a lot of Sean Sutton being the offensive coordinator person in crunch time. The couple of times I've seen Steve get up and yell out some plays, we magically get a bucket pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we not putting together here? Yeah, I don't, I, from what I know, it's not all Steve Green. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what you're saying. Like, um, Steve Green is the offensive coordinator. Like, if you want to put yeah. it in football terms, um, but it's more of a, I guess, melting pot, like, like a melting pot yeah. of ideas. Yeah. 
almost in a way. But here's the thing too, like, well, they're not yeah, melting. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a broken record just saying it. It's like, right? What Steve Green wants to run, you s- still can't run it with this team. Like it. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Like I I almost felt like they just they overcorrected in terms of what was right yep. for them. And it, you know, it's like, it's a pendulum effect. Like they were really good over here, you know, defensively, they're at the highest of the high. And then they were like, there's a bunch of shooters over here. Maybe we can get to like right here and get some of those shooters to move over with us. Instead, they moved all the way over here. <laughs> all the way over. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I, I, I got a six, two guy on a center right now. Um, this is not ideal, you know, and, and you can hide those flaws. Perfect example was Texas Tech with Davide Moretti, right? Davide Moretti yeah. was an awful defender his first couple of years at Texas Tech. He got better, obviously, but you can only have one of those guys on the floor. You can't yeah. have multiple and you better yeah, surround him with guys that are six, five to six, eight. And you better have a guy like Daniel Bacho. And I'm not trying to compare Daniel Bacho to this guy, but somebody similar to Tyreek Owens, one of those big athletic bigs, right? Right. Like you have to have one. And if you, do, if you have more than one, but pop on the floor and not those guys around them, the defense is shot. You have no chance. And the thing is, is you're Dustin, you were talking about bad offense. I was talking to one of the coaches. What was it? I guess after the, it was after the Baylor game last week, they hadn't played K-State yet. And I was like, do you think that your defensive, um, like lapses weighing on you on the offense offensive side. He said, no, I think it's the opposite. And I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, Mm. From the standpoint of, again, foundation of the program is defense. Right. Right. Yeah. So even more of like your point, getting away from what we do. And I was like, like, we should be able to fall back. All right. We'll get a stop or two and then keep, just keep fighting on the offensive end. And that's not the case. Listen, I'm a guy that likes to score 200 points in 2K just like everybody else, damn it. Okay? But, like, at the same time, like, that's not reality. Um, The the model that Texas Tech went after was Jay Wright at Villanova. But they just said, screw the offensive side of it. We'll figure it out. We're going to switch everything. And we'll have a guy that's like, you know, uh, Archie Diacono. We'll have another guy like Jalen Brunson. Um, but we can't play both of them really at the same time. And if we can, it's because we got all these athletes around them to kind of hide their flaws. Again, Texas Tech just swung too far in the opposite direction. The talent's yeah. there. I, I just, if they don't drastically change their identity in terms of the current scheme that they're running, they can't run them no middle. They just can't. They can't run it. You can, you got to stop switching. Um, and if you continue to switch, you're, you're going to get the same results. Um, so I think you just need to run man um, the whole time. Don't switch. Yeah. Um, you know, hedge on screens and everything like that. Figure it out. Because you got some length out there from the big man perspective um, with Bacho, Fardaz, and uh, Kevin, and even KJ Allen to an extent. But if you start switching everything, you're, you're toast. And I, I think yeah. at that point – Brooks has been harping on this for the last yeah. two weeks. Run zone at this point. Run zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I Yeah, would. I don't <laughs> I think that's where I, I get really frustrated with the coaching staff and that's kind of the next part of this is is it just doesn't seem like they're willing to get away from that. It's like, all right, you, we get it. That's the brand, that's the defense that you bring in, but it's obviously not working. Like yep. teams are figuring out how to attack it and beat it 
and we're still out there in the second half after a big run, running the same exact defense, getting the same exact mismatches, and the teams are exploiting those mismatches. Like the Baylor game was a perfect example, just constantly like we couldn't figure out how to stop their offense with those guards sure, that man. they have. And and then their athletic bigs are able to just out-rebound you. Where's your head at on this coaching staff right now as a as a collective unit? And then we'll get on to the head man kind of after that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I know some of these guys, so it's kind of hard to talk to right. them like that. But I think from a professional standpoint, um, they're hard-headed. I think they're just like any male or really male or female in this position right? Um, where it's like, hey, I'm going to stick with what got me here. Um, but I also think at the same time, um, they're starting to see, and you're starting to see some adjustments, like um, specifically on the offensive end where people were begging and pleading for more transition offense. And when Texas Tech can actually get a defensive rebound, they push the ball. So, okay, yeah. got to give them credit there. Um, now, on the defensive end, I mean, shit, like press, run a zone, just run man-to-man, like do something. Like I get it, the no-middle defense um, has literally revolutionized college basketball. Like that's not an understatement. Yeah. It like legitimately changed college basketball yeah. forever. Um, and it changed the Big 12 forever because, I mean – shoot two of the last three teams that were in the national championship game, Texas tech and Baylor ran it. Um, And you could argue that Texas tech again, probably should have won the national championship if it wasn't for a simple, you know, ball tap that wasn't called on Davide Um, and not the basketball or or tripping over your own feet, Kyle guy. Yeah. You know, Hey, but we we don't need to talk about that. Like again, it just changed everything. Right. And I think it's hard to get away from that in the sense of what has worked for you for so long. But it comes back to my initial point um, about kind of where you're at in the season where just throw shit up against the wall, man. See what works. Like, change something up. Like, And I think that that's where um, the coaching staff as a whole just kind of has to say, all right, ego aside, what the hell is going to win us a basketball game here? Like, that's really what it comes down to. And I I don't think that they're against that. I'm not saying that. Right. But we have to see it in order to give them that praise, if that makes sense. So, so one of the things I've kind of been thinking on with this no middle defense, and like you said, it's kind of taken over college basketball. You look at the Big 12, you look at the top tier teams in the Big 12 all seem to be running this defense. If you like pay attention to the NFL like we do, you watch, you saw Mahomes and Terry kill over the years, just burning teams over the top. And so defenses decided, hey, we're not going to let teams beat us over top. We're going to make them nickel and dime us down the field. And offenses have had to adjust to that. Do you think that people have figured out the no middle defense? Is is that some of this is that it's kind of been figured out? Because to me, watching it, it really doesn't seem like all that complicated to to beat, right? You just got to be able to have some knockdown shooters because you're going to get open shots. If uh, when you switch onto things, you trap on the sideline. You, we always know in basketball, if you trap, that means there's a guy that's open. So it's not simple to knock down every shot, but the open shots are going to be there. Uh, you're also going to find those mismatches with the bigs on littles, littles on bigs, which creates open offensive rebound opportunities, which creates open three-point shots. So do you think any of that has to do with it, just the fact that college basketball has now maybe evolved to where the no-middle defense isn't as daunting as it used to be? 100%. Yeah, 100%. The Big 12 is literally the testament for it. Right. Like, 
you look at it, you know, I know Baylor beat Kansas um, on Monday night, but I mean, everyone's figured it out. The, the perfect example in terms of the team that's basically realized like, all right, if you're going to go no middle, we're going to zag and it's worked out perfectly for them is Iowa State. They have done yeah. everything right to beat the no middle defense because you talked about it. You got to get shooters. And Iowa State's got some guys with some Shoots. straps, man. Yeah. My God, they can shoot lights out, right? And they're well coached. They play defense. And here's the thing about like Iowa State, and I think they're the blueprint moving forward for it, and even Kansas State to a degree as well. You look at what Kansas State does. They got one little guard in Noel, and then they got a bunch of dudes that can switch, right? Like yeah. that's what you and need to it. add. <laughs> and I think that that's the counterpart, um, or the you know the part where you're looking at it's like okay if they're going to do this to me I'm going to do this and I think teams are slowly getting there um I think the no middle defense if it's run right it's still exceptional right um yeah but there's so many factors that you have to have on your roster and the construction of it and the guys in order for it to work that it has to be down to a T and the you know the problem is if you're one off in terms of um you know, one thing roster wise, like if you don't have one extra guy off the bench, again, Brandon Francis, for example, Brandon Francis was perfect for Texas tech, right? Like yep. when they went to the final four, because he was that extra guy where was he a guard? Yeah. But he's six, five, whatever, two, whatever. So he could go down in the post right? and you wouldn't feel awful about it. It's not ideal, but he's got enough body on him where it's okay we got the switch it's fine it's whatever we can figure that out and then he got Tyreek coming over to save the day right obviously that was a perfect storm and everything and I think Texas Tech when they look at the no middle defense that's the perfect way to go and other teams are starting to realize okay well we don't have to run the no middle necessarily but we can get guys that can easily you know beat it and Baylor again example too Keontae George is a stud I mean he's a lottery pick probably a top five pick in the NBA draft, top eight, if I'm being conservative. Um, He's going to beat you regardless, right? But the way Scott Drew has done it, you can tell when Scott Drew, that light bulb clicked for him in terms of running the no middle and almost mimicking Texas Tech because Baylor's gone on this historic type run um, where they, I mean, they won a national championship because of it. Um, Simply put, I mean, they run the no middle. They got a bunch of dudes. And I think college basketball is catching up to it. But to say that, you know, hey, the no middle is, you know, going to be extinct or it's, you know, a dying defense or it's not going to work. I I think that's too far. But it's so like the margin for error, almost like the Big 12 conference, the margin for error in terms of running the no middle is so paper thin now because teams did adjust. Um, And that's the thing, you know, back when Texas Tech was in the Elite Eight in the uh, Final Four, the margin for error was, you know, maybe like, five or six pages deep. Now it's like maybe half of a page thin. Right. Right. It's wild how college basketball gets back and just adjusts so fast too. It is. That's where I'm kind of coming (laughs) from is like, it felt fast. It felt fast. (laughs) Let's stay on the, on the bench of things and talk about the head guy, Mark Adams. A lot of, you mentioned it earlier, tech fans and Twitter sphere and podcasts are, starting to heat up his seat quite yeah. a bit. Uh, I'm not one of those, but what are your thoughts and opinions on him, the job he's doing, and what 
kind of going forward might look like? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're in the middle of a down year. I still think he's the guy. Um, sure. You know, I, I think it's one of those deals where I had somebody on one of my videos try and compare it to, like, Matt Wells. I was like, what are we talking about? Like, Matt Wells didn't go to the Sweet 16, my uh, guy. What are we talking about? Yeah. Um, Matt Wells never got the train running. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Like, you, you could argue that Tech had a really good chance to beat Duke last year. It just kind of fell apart in the final couple minutes. But, um, no, yeah. I, I think Mark Adams, um, again, he, he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing, everything like that. I, I do think that um, the players actually do want to play for him. Um, you see that kind of in the press conferences and stuff like that. Now, that's not to say the players aren't frustrated by things. Everybody's human. Um, right. But I, I think to talk about, hey, should we fire Mark Adams right now? I think that's a little bit premature. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. I think at the end of the year, I mean, let's just say hypothetical. And this is all hypothetical right now, right? Say they go three and 15. I think you probably have to start that conversation just because of the amount of funds that are in this program. I think Texas Tech is at a standard now, like it or not. They're yeah. not Kentucky, right? Like they're not that. They're, they're just not. But they're at a standard now where there's – New blood, right? Yeah, there's there's no room for air in terms of like a down year is not acceptable. Um, a down yeah. year for Texas Tech is making the tournament and getting bounced in the first round. Like that's a down year. Um, so maybe there's a conversation then. Um Listen, I'm frustrated by some of his decisions as well. Um, I get it from the lack of emotion standpoint from the fan perspective, but um, Mark Adams is still a really good coach, like when it comes down to it. Um, but yeah. again, sound like a broken record. You were doomed from the start. Well, you were doomed from the I, start. I'm, I'm against those people that are, you know, all on a tiss and like want to fire him like, Way, way overreaction. Like, one, this is the hardest league out there. I mean, you've seen some people compare. You know, there's six teams in the top 17 right now. You've had a lead on all of them at one point in those games, and some of them double digits. And I like to compare. Look at TCU and Iowa State like two and three years ago. They were winning less than five games. You know, they didn't have much of a roster. They were having these conversations. They knew they had a good – guy at the helm and could take it. And now they're both top 10 teams. Like I think stability is way better, especially with a guy you trust like him. And you could also turn and look back to tech basketball 10 years ago and how that go with a handful of coaches yeah. and how, how far did you fall then? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm on, on the same side as you guys here. Like I obviously like we're so quick to disregard what he did last year. You know, people are, what have you done for me yeah. lately? People are so reactionary nowadays. Um, but like RC, like I definitely think there's a few things that are illuminating this season that it's like, okay, well, if you're going to continue to recruit this way and try to build teams this way, then maybe that's a conversation that needs to be had because this clearly isn't the blueprint moving forward. We took a swing, a big miss, and you kind of got to get back to the roots of what had that success last year but there was success last year and there are some things that can be worked on um rc what point were you you about to make i sorry literally hold on 2020-21 season iowa state zero wins in the conference kansas state with four tcu with five they were the bottom three two years ago yeah tjo um 
at Iowa State. Like I was talking with my buddy the other day. Outside of Bill Self, I don't know if I take another coach in the Big Twelve. I think he's that yeah. good. I I think he's really that good. And you might have Jerome Tang at I number three because what he did at Kansas yeah. State. Woo. My goodness. Um. Now the point I was going to make is this. I I think another reason the quote unquote hot seat gets hotter quicker now is because of NIL. You saw of how yeah. min, how much yeah. money was invested into this program. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, but also a facility standpoint. And you've got the backing of a lot of donors now. Um, and by no means am I saying the donors want him out or anything, but let's face it. The, the people that are probably going to make this decision is obviously Kirby Hocutt, but the donors too. And if the donors want to make a change, model. like it or not, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Um, and yeah. I, by no means am I saying that's what's going on. I'm just saying that right. if that, like that, that's a real possibility now because they're That's seeing the their dollars in. and not a return on their investment when it comes to winning games. Now, could Texas Tech hypothetically go on and, what, I guess win 11 games in conference? I, I mean, it's a non-zero chance, but it's a lot closer to zero than it is 1%. Um, right. Right? So, yeah. like, it, it's one of those deals where it's like, I think that's another reason why this hot seat for Mark Adams is being talked about a little bit more than it should be, in my opinion. Um, at least at this stage um, and everything, um, because NIL. I think NIL changes the game for everybody. I think it changes the tone on everything. Um, shoot, I mean, you, you saw it with Fardaz earlier this year where he looked like he was going in the portal. Like, it's an NIL yep. thing. Like, that, that's what it was. Yep. Like, let's not get it twisted. Um, and I think that, you know, these – it sounds bad when you say it like this, but they're almost investors, right? They want to see a return on their investment in terms of them giving these these guys money. And obviously, it's a sport. Anything can happen. Um, this, that, and the other. Nothing's guaranteed once you're in bet between the white lines and everything, right? But, oh, and seven, all right, now we're starting to get those wheels turning a little bit. What, what What's the problem here? What's the real issue? Um, and again, I think, you know, Kirby Ho cut those donors if – they're, they're going to have a conversation about it. It's just the reality of the situation because of the world yeah. we live in. Yeah, I think people are too reactionary sometimes, but I also think Texas Tech has a standard now, um, specific, specifically in basketball, where um, I think if you ask, you know, really high-regarded basketball minds around the country that cover this game, you know, the Matt Norlanders at CBS, so on and so forth, um, Texas Tech coming into this year was valued and viewed as a top 16 program in the country. There is no room for you to go 0 and 7. There is no yeah. reason for you to be 10 and 9. It's that simple. You you th there's just no reason for it. You were legitimately a Kyler Edwards layup away from going to four consecutive sweet 16s. Yep. Minimum. And and now you're 0 and 7 in conference like you know, it, it, I get the point people talking about it, but I also have to, you know, catch myself and saying like, bro, I get it from the fan side of it somewhat, but also like, hey, like we're seven games in. Things can happen. Like um, I think it was Hacks tweeted it out. Um, Oklahoma State went 0-6 to start out Big 12 play a few years ago and made the tournament. By no means am I saying Texas yeah. Tech is going to do that. Um but if they make an adjustment here or there, they were just a couple bounces away from, you know, being three and four in the conference. And that's not exactly where you want to be, but way better than oh and seven. And we're still looking yeah. at a potential tournament team. Yeah, I think 
you hit the nail on the head. It's it's where we've become as a program now, and you don't want to fall back into what we were in the early 2010s, right? Where we were irrelevant, and to have this program be built up as much as it has over the last handful of years, you don't want to go back. And so it is very important to maintain that success. And I think that's where it comes from. And I think next year is going to be the most important year of Mark Adams' career. If he's able to very, get right yes. the ship, get things back to where they were, everything will be fine from there. But, you know, you, everything falls off and everybody is looking for someone to blame. And, um, you know, obviously it always goes to the head man who gets blamed for it. And so that's kind of where that goes. But a um, couple more questions we got here on the basketball team, and then we'll get on to our shot bets. But um, the young guys, the youth that this team has, we took a big shot this year. We went a lot younger than we were last year. We had a lot of experience, a lot of older guys on the team. We took a lot of young guys onto the team with NIL, like you said, transfer portal. How do you think we go about handling the young guys moving forward? Now, obviously we still have a shot how far ever it is making the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. But if you see the wins not coming, what what do you kind of think we should do with these young guys? Because now I think you have to kind of cater to them, especially if they're guys you want to be a part of this program moving forward. Yeah, that last sentence is the big thing for me. Um, yeah. And make no mistake about it. I'm not saying this is what's going on at Texas Tech right now, but it goes on around the country where – um, you know, there might be a guy on the roster right now where Texas Tech is like, hey, you're, you're not coming back next year. Like, we're going to help you in each and every way possible to get to your next destination. But this fit just didn't work out. So yeah. um, that's very possible right now. Um, but I also think, you know, the lineup that I want to see more of just to see if it fails. Again, it goes back to that whole throwing stuff up against the wall and see what sticks is you need to play Lamar Washington more. Um, you have to, in my opinion. I think he's your best guard defender. I don't I, I don't really even think it's close, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, the Elijah the, I agree. Yeah, the Elijah Fisher stuff, like it is what it is at this point. I think people saw the five stars and thought instant impact. It's not what he was. He was gonna be a project from the jump. Um and you know, I think he kind of knew that as well. Um now to be fair, he it, it has been a little bit disappointing even with those realistic expectations. Um, but I think you handle minutes this this way. You, Whoever plays the hardest, whoever has the best practices, whoever you think gives you the best chance to win, put them out there. I think it's that simple. I don't think you change anything up um, in terms of like your philosophy um, when it comes to, oh, I have to play this guy a certain amount of minutes just because he's a senior, right? Like, right. I don't think you have to do that. Like if a freshman is out playing the bro, Play the freshman. Play the freshman. It's that simple to me. Um, I think, you know, classification's got to go out the window um, a little bit. And I think that goes for everybody. Legitimately, everybody on the team. Like, for example, this all hypothetical. But say Pop just goes through a stretch where he's awful for four games. All right, play somebody else. Like, it's that simple right now for me. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I think Pop is a star. But um, he's the first name that came to mind. So, uh, but yeah, I think that that's kind of where it's at right now with me and the young guys is again, if you just throw some stuff up against the wall, see what kind of rotations you like. Um, because you know, with NIL and the transfer portal, you're recruiting these guys to stay here next year, every yeah. single day. This isn't a, yep. this isn't a one-year contract. Like people think like with NIL, this is a literally not even a week by week thing. This is a day by day, damn near hour by hour hour recruiting process of these guys. So um, 
however they want to go about it, go about it that way. But I think it comes down to how are they playing in practice? What kind of effort are they giving on the floor? And what kind of, you know, um, mindset do they have? Are they just frustrated all the time, this, that, and the other? Like, hey, you got to be positive in all three of those or else you're not seeing the floor. And I think it's that simple. Yeah, we're big. We're big Elijah Fisher guys on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Not just like the five stars, just because like you're not going to get them better sitting his ass on the bench and getting zero minutes. Yeah. Like I think he needs something, and like sure he doesn't look the best out there. I'm not saying get him more than ten minutes, yeah. but get him some minutes. Some minutes help. I mean, we just saw it with Kerwin last week. Kerwin wasn't doing anything until last week. And then our defense was so bad, we were like, well, it can't get worse. Let's put somebody in who can make some shots. Well, maybe this is one of those throw-it-against-the-wall things and see if Elijah can go get you some buckets. He's one of those six, 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 seven guys that you love. Like, use that length. Like, I just want to see him get some minutes rather than zero. Every no, that game. has been interesting. That, that That's caught my eye, though. I was like, I'm surprised he's not just getting like – but also at the same time, I'll say this. Um people were shitting on Mark because he would throw Kerwin in these bad moments, right. For like two minutes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like you can't do that. Like in like, I want to see Elijah play too, but also I think you would just be throwing Elijah in that kind of situation where it's not fair yeah. to him first and foremost, and not fair to the team because there's no way you can expect a 19 year old kid to come in off the bench and just play two minutes and make a huge impact, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not wanting a huge impact either. I want them on the floor with also good veterans. Put them on there with Pop, Jalen, O'Banner, like other good pieces. Don't put them on there with, you know, three other bench guys like we do sometimes. And I'm like, who the hell's going to score for us? Like, yeah, get him in the best situation to play some too, though. Yes, I mean, you can't learn unless you're you're on the court sometimes. I think that's been frustrating. <laughs> but at the same time, um, understand that he's young and he's got some – He's got a lot of work to do to get to that point. He should be a high school senior right, right now. Right. That, I mean, that's crazy. Um, that's definitely crazy. Uh, but coming up on the this week for the Red Raiders, they got a Wednesday nighter here in Lubbock versus West Virginia. And Saturday, they travel to Baton Rouge to face LSU in the SEC Big 12 uh, showdown. Uh, RC, your uh, quick thoughts and what you kind of want to see this week from the Red Raiders to maybe give us some hope uh, down the stretch for this season. Yeah, I think they match up really well against West Virginia. Um, Dawes sounds like he's a questionable for tomorrow um, from what I was told. So he may play, may not play. I don't know. I just know he's questionable. Um, I'd probably lean towards the side he plays. Um, but I, I think that they match up with West Virginia really well. Um you're going to recognize some names there. Trey Mitchell, the UT transfer, he's there now. Yeah. Um, I just think they match up well because of what West Virginia wants to do, which is play bigs. Texas Tech has got some bigs, so that'll help. I, I think if, if you're going to see Texas Tech have any kind of chance to turn wow. their season around, it's this week. Have to win. Yeah. Like th th this is the week where you have to go from a psychological standpoint. At least you got to beat West Virginia. Get yeah. in the win column in the Big 12, right? Because let's face it, right now, West Virginia and Texas Tech are the two worst teams in the Big 12. Um, 
it is what it is. They got to win, though. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> Damn you it. You could argue Texas Tech should have three. It's an argument. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything, um, obviously, because they're 0-7. So I, I think this week, from a psychological standpoint, like if it doesn't happen this week, um, it's that, you know, fire meme where the guy, I don't even know, is it a dog drinking coffee? Right. This and there's just like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You know, well, the whole world yeah. burns around you kind of situation. And yep. I hate going there, but it's just one of those things. Like like, if, it, does if it doesn't happen now, like, hey, bro, Win. like, I don't, I don't gonna know happen, what's going to yeah. happen. Like, because your schedule is sick after that. Like, I, I think you play. Yeah, this is by far your easiest back-to-back set of games. And, and one of them isn't in the by big four. You're, you're better than LSU. Yeah. Don't get that twisted. You are better than LSU, even though you have no wins yes. in the Big 12. Yes. You're better than them. Um, so you should win that game regardless if it's in Baton Rouge, Thailand, whatever. Doesn't matter. You should win the game. Um, so, yeah, I think you should go 2-0 this week. Um, obviously, it starts with West Virginia, who I think you match up well against. I think the USA is going to be rocking after y'all were cooped up all day inside um, out there yep. in the 806 with the snow. So um, oh, yeah. I, I think it'll – I think that's going to be a win. And, and I talked about that today um, over in the video that I did where I was like, listen, like Texas Tech fits really well against them. Like everything Texas Tech um, does, they have the advantage against West Virginia. So if it doesn't happen against them at home – all right, let's hit the button. Like, I'm kind of at that point. Hit the button. Yep, totally agree. Well, all right, we'll get out to the USA tomorrow night or tonight as you're listening to this to cheer on those Red Raiders as they look to get that first conference dub. RC, we wanted to shout this out because me and Dustin made it out to the USA and got to walk away with a victory as we got to cheer on the Lady Raiders getting a big... Well, we had to go through to get one. We had to go see us get a dub in the USA, and the Lady Raiders came through. They got a win over the uh, Texas Longhorns, so a lot of appropriate horns down were seen throughout that game. It was a pretty fun little crowd um, uh, and a pretty fun little team to watch. Unfortunately, they lost over the weekend to West Virginia, but... Uh, we had a good time there, so I wanted to shout out the Lady Raiders uh, right quick on getting that dub, Coach Gerlich. And uh, Bree Amber Scott was uh, just – She's hurt, uh, man. Pretty imp- oh, she's fire. Hurt. Pretty impressive. She's hurt now? Yeah. No, she's hurt. No. Oh, she's hurt. Yeah, yeah. She's she's hurt. It was pretty fun to watch her just hitting some crazy step-back threes. So I uh, just wanted to shout out that out. We had a fun time uh, watching the Lady Raiders. So – uh, make sure you're supporting them. Um, they're still uh, competing for a conference position and a shot at a tournament that they haven't been to, I think, since 2013. So it would be fun to see them get back to that. But we've got a new, well, not a new segment, but a new twist to a segment coming up for you guys. We've got shot bets coming up. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I led you to believe it was easy when it wasn't. Maybe I made you think my highlights started at the free throw line and not in the gym. Maybe I made you think that every shot bet I took was a game winner, that my game was built on flash and not fire. Ball. Maybe it's my fault that you didn't see that failure gave me strength, that my pain was my motivation. Maybe I led you to believe that shot bets was a God-given gift and not something I worked for every single day of my life. Maybe I destroyed the shot bet. Or maybe you're just making excuses. All right, so you're familiar with our shot bets here. We usually pick games 
bet against the spread, put a shot on it, whether you win the shot bet or lose. Uh, we try to have a good time with it, but we've come up with a, we're starting a new tradition here. When we have a guest on, we're going to do a shot bet draft off. And so we're going to uh, do our first ever shot bet draft with RC today. We're going to be drafting 2000 to 2015 oh. best songs. What will happen? Oh, we'll draft. Real relaxed, right. warmed up. We'll draft. We will put this out there on Twitter for you guys to vote on. The winner of the voting polls wins the shot bet and does not owe a shot. And so that is what uh, we will be doing here today. Uh, and the twist is the guest for this gets to pretty much free control over the whole draft. So RC picked uh, the 2000 to 2015 best songs. We're all going to draft five songs. And he also picked the order. So the order is I'm going to go first. Dustin's going to go second. RC is going to go third. We're going to snake it. And so let's kick it off with myself. I've got the number one overall pick. And so I'm just going to go one, I'm one. Gonna go ahead, take the number one pick. I'm going to go Mr. Brightside, the Killers, 2004 for my number one overall pick. What I wanted to get with my number one pick was a song that spans that time. That has honestly feels like it's a bigger song now than maybe it was when it was released. Um, you can see it sung at all sorts of stadiums and events. When it plays at a bar, everybody sings to it. I wanted to get a good group song here to start off, so I'm going to go Mr. Brightside with the number one pick of the draft for myself. That was the clear number one pick. Excellent. That was pick. clear number one pick. Absolutely. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've long and thought about that Swing. one. I was nervous, but I felt like I had to go with that. Swing in the opposite direction here. You know, oh, you're going hip hop. Uh, you're going hip hop, huh? Oh, not yet, buddy. Oh, not okay. yet. I'm going all the way to the hard rock. We're going Metallica, Enter Sandman. Solid. I like as it. As number one pick for me. It's. A great song, sports song, is one of the best walkout songs from Mariano Rivera. No, no, a excellent pick. It was on my board too. I'm not going to lie to you. I had it kind of as a third round grade. Um, if I had to get Mel Kiper on you, but I like it. Establish yourself there early, um, and get that diverse portfolio going early on. I like it. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'm going straight to hip hop. Um, I'm going to a song that I think everybody knows every word to. Um, and if you don't. Well, you just didn't have a good, good childhood, I guess. I don't know. Um, Lose yourself by Eminem. Okay, yeah. That was on my list. It's very high. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, like I get pick. back to back here, right? You do, you do. I, as I a snake, so I'm not gonna. He lie. set this up for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Dustin. Were you gonna take Mr. Brightside if it was there at two? Mr. Brightside's not even on That's my board. Awful scouting on your part. Um, that that, that no. was a clear number one. <laughs> I could care less if he's not on my that team. That was the number one overall. Pick. As soon as you <laughs> said that, the, the first uh, song I wrote down was Mr. Brightside. Damn it. Same, same. It was 100% the 101 pick. Um, it is the white people, just it gets the white people going, as Will Ferrell yes. says. Um, white people anthem. Yeah. 100%. I, here's the thing I, I don't know how heavy I want to go to win this in the rap category. You know what I mean? Um, okay. And I know that I don't think this song is going to be there. So I want to just get them because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that love this song just because of the chorus. And it's a, it's a banger. 
So I'm going to diversify my portfolio before y'all have the chance to steal it. And I'm going to go Evanescence, bring me to life. Bring me. Damn it. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, RC's really hitting me. I feel me. diverse here. I mean, I had a little. You are. You're a diverse I portfolio. I like the diversity. Go. Yeah. yeah. On my little, I went in genres here in my rock list. It was third, and it might have been my next pick. I reached second I or reached, third round, but it was definitely reached, high. But it's a snake draft. Yeah. I knew it probably wasn't coming back to me. You got four picks between. Exactly. Between yeah, that, I didn't so. think it was coming right. back. We are back to Dustin for Dustin's second pick. Dustin, what you got? Sorry if I'm a little slow. I'm trying to write all these down so we can get them out later. Um, and obviously cross stuff off my list because RC's taking two of my high ones on there. Um, RC's taking a, one of my rap ones, so I think I got to go there. Cause I think some of these other ones might still be there later. I'm going to go with 50 Cent in the yeah, club. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah. Good value. Good value. That was the rap song I was thinking about if I didn't go Evanescence, to be fully transparent. So, Great so pick. I had I had Indie Club and Lose Yourself Eminem in the same number one tier of rap songs there. You know the words to it. You saw him at the Super Bowl last year, 50 Cent's an icon in the 2000s rap game. Absolutely. Love the pick. All right, y'all are going to get an inside look into songs that I was blasting in the late 2000s here with my next picks. Uh, I'm going to go back to hip-hop here. And you can't really – you couldn't listen to the radio in the two thousands without hearing Lil Wayne. So I got to get a Lil Wayne song on there and I'm going to go lollipop. I'm going to go lollipop. Lil Wayne. It was like one of my favorite songs. I would always blast that. And so I have to have lollipop on my list. So I'm going lollipop and I'm going with another 2008 hit TI, whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. I got to have that. I used to blast that song all the time. And for me, this is one of my favorite songs, so I gotta have whatever you like, Ti. That kind of my hip hop listening habits there in the late two thousand eights. I was a junior in high school yeah. at this time, blasting this both, on the way to school. Both great picks. <laughs> so yeah, both in my like second tier of rap stuff left me a lot. Still, thanks You're for welcome. that. So back to me then. Oh man, I'm, I'm liking how this board is shaping. Man, that, those, I, I've got about two same. songs that I think are first round level values that are still on the board. Oh, yeah. I saw almost all my first round guys. I'm going to go to another rap one. Outcast. Hey, y'all. Oh, thank God you didn't okay. take the outset. You didn't take the one that I wanted from Outcast. You thank want the you other one? Oh, you wanted the no, other no. one? That, that, I'm literally <laughs> looking at this. I created a Spotify playlist um, with all the songs that I wanted in order. And, uh, oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Outcast. What do you got? You gonna take it now or I'm wait going, on it? I'm, I'm gonna take Miss Jackson now. Um, hundred percent. Okay. So, <laughs> I'll take it now. Um, now here's the thing. I I don't know if I want to get into the like. Uh, do I want to keep going hip hop because there's a clear song on here now we're on. that everybody should know, but I also have personal preference, and I don't know if that song is right. gonna make it back to me. But I'm gonna play the board. Yeah, we're in the fourth round. Yeah, I, here. Fourth round here, so you got this one and then one at the very end. So very critical. I don't pick. think you guys are gonna steal the song I really, really want. So I'm gonna take the value here, and this is a national anthem from your grandma all the way to a newborn baby. 
Of course, I'm talking about the word that everybody loves when a question is asked. Yeah, by Usher, Little John, and Ludacris. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. It was in my top top tier rap songs as That's well. As soon as you hear Great that, you know, you know, I could yep. just say to the window, and you know what's coming next. Yep. Yep. Good Great one. Pick. Good one. Solid. All right. So we are I back still to have, Dustin. Oh, man. So many good choices still. This is the greatest era of music. I'm, I'm sorry. Because every, I know, it was, every yeah. genre was good. It was hard to narrow yeah, this Yeah, look behind down. the scenes. I was texting Brooks, and I was like, man, I don't know where to even start. And then once I started, I was just laying in bed this morning, you know, on this snow day. And it took me an hour, and I had 25 songs ready to go. And then I was like, damn, now putting them in a list is hard. Yep. Hmm. All right, Dustin. Oh, we are I don't back know to where to you. go now. There's so many, and I don't know what Brooks Fourth is going to take with his next two. I feel comfortable that yeah, you're going to probably stay away from mine. I feel like I feel like I'm in a lane over here, and y'all are kind of <laughs> yeah. You're in a you're in your own yeah. lane for sure. It's me and RC battling for some of the same ones. Um, I'm going to skip on the last one top tier rap song, go to my second tier and go. I see my second tier still good. I'm going to go with Nelly Air Force Ones. You just did that because Cliff Kingsbury jersey in the video, right? No, I forgot everything <laughs> about Cliff Kingsbury in my head anyways. I just think it's a great basketball pump up song. I listened to it for so many games in high school and then at the rec center, Nelly's one of the best in that. No, I like it. It's a good era. I like it. I had to get a Nelly in there. All right. So we got my final two picks here. Um, Yeah. Round four and five. I'm going to stay in my lane over here uh, with songs that I was just like jamming out to. And uh, I feel like you also can't have this guy left off a list. I got to have a Drake song on there. I'm going to go with headlines, the 2011 hit headlines okay. love that song um i've got to have that on my list and here's where i all right here's five. where i just don't know what to do do i do another fun one for myself do i do oh man decisions decisions do i go something that was a hit that was like a cultural moment uh um do i go something that i got hyped to before basketball games decisions This is a tough one right here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get off the hip hop. I feel like I've got a solid collection of hip hop songs. I'm gonna go to another band that I listened to a whole lot of in the 2000s. Got to have a Fallout Boy song on there. I'm gonna go Sugar. We're going down uh, for my nice. For it was my in my pick. pop. Songs. Not gonna lie, nice. that, was, uh, that was the song I was thinking y'all weren't gonna take. So good steal. Oh really? Good steal. Yep, that nice. was gonna be my I last like that. pick. So I like that. I am a. Uh, I am scrambling now. Here we go. Good pick, Brooks. That was in my... So I was going pop songs as well with my last pick. Fallout Boy was my All second right. pick here. So you left me with my number one. That's NSYNC. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, solid. Got my NSYNC. Nailed it. Boy band. I couldn't make this where it's Still like, a banger today. I couldn't make it to where, you know, this is like, hey, who are you going to choose between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys? Um, oh, you could. <laughs> I could do it. The most of Backstreet Boys good stuff is pre two thousand. I know. I did I, my I research here. Makes the cut. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, in full transparency, the number one overall pick for me was going to be all the small things. 
uh, but I saw it was released in October 1999. And I was like, you suck. You couldn't have waited two more months. Anyway, um, speaking of that, I'm going to go to 2000's Alternative. And thanks for the memories was going to be that pick. So I am scrambling down to two songs. And it's between Bowling for Soups 1985 or I Write Sins Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco. And um, that's two really good. That's two really good choices right there. Or, or do I go Ocean Avenue yellow card? Hmm. Do you want to go a six no, round? No, no, we gotta we, we gotta play the here. rules. I, I'm ready for a six. I'm ready. I got I'm more. Go. Let's go six. Let's go two more here. Oh, I get back to back picks, so that's fine with me. Actually, right? Because the <laughs> All right, go ahead. Draft? I know. That's why I'm like, go ahead, take two of them. <laughs> okay, so I I am gonna take. I write sins, not tragedies. And then excellent. It's on my I, list. Or do I want to go Weezer here? Ooh. Do I go? Do I go Weezer? Was your hand still on the chess piece there? I I, I think it's still on the chess piece. Um, okay, okay. I'm trying to think of the song by Weezer that. Gosh, no, I'm gonna go 1985 Bowling for Soup. It's a good one. So you're going Panic and Bowling yeah. for Soup. Okay, let me get those down. That was my last. That, that was a, what I was debating there between Sugar We're Going Down in 1985. I like. Yeah, because I, I feel like I got some good hip hop songs. I got the number one hip hop song of the era with "Lose Yourself," in my opinion. So. Yeah. All right. So my last sixth round, which I was excited to get to, because I was like, "Man, I still have so many good ones," and I can't believe this one is still there. Lincoln Park and Jay Z tag team, one of the best collaborations ever with Numb Encore, and that's what I'm going with in round six. I couldn't believe it was still there, taking two of the best artists ever. Yeah, very good call. Only reason I didn't go that way was because I did have Eminem lose yourself. Yeah, it would have been too. All right, I'm gonna do a. I'm going to do a fun one here for my last pick. Uh, if you watched any sort of highlight video growing up, you know the song. If you played any sort of sport, you know the song. Remember the name, Fort Minor, 2005. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I got to have that one on my list. I listened to that so many times before basketball games. So many great hype videos that you watched uh, throughout you know, YouTube Excellent. and all that stuff that I just kind of want to have one for myself one fun one there at the end so i'm gonna go with that i like it rc any uh any olis outside honorable mentions? oh yeah 100 percent mentions uh, didn't make i didn't even pick my number one song i played to win the game fellas um and i knew people wouldn't agree with me you know from my time in lubbock radio i know that people don't like my music taste that's fine um but Hips Don't Lie by Shakira not being on here is an absolute atrocity nice. to global relationships everywhere. Um, it's downright disrespectful, I think, from all of us. Mostly me because I'm it, the it, one bringing it up. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fact that it's not on there is ridiculous. Also, Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z not being on here. Um, downright Ooh, okay. ridiculous. I think we all need to go to church and just repent um, for some of our mistakes, specifically that one. Um, but yeah, I could go on. I mean, 
my fiance legitimately hates me because every time she says a single word in this house, I will start singing a random 2008 song. She hates me for it. There are so many good ones in 2008. Yeah, she literally just said, she was just walking out before y'all left. I got on here uh, and she was like, hey, I'm headed down to the car. And I was like, Jay Sean, baby, are you going down, (laughs) down, down? And she she just gave me the dirtiest look. And I was like, I, I deserve that. But that's kind of my life. Is I just uh, I talk in songs when I'm not trying to be in front of a microphone and make a living off of it. Yeah, my list, you know, you definitely make some good points there, but I definitely went with like songs that I was listening to, and so I I, I, I definitely went that. personal touch. I definitely went personal touch. Some songs that I had on my list: "Live Your Life," 2008, Ti, so, love that one. Had that it. one. Going to mention that as well. Forever. Like umbrella. Umbrella. Yeah. Umbrella. Oh, loved it. Can't wait for the uh, yeah. halftime show. Yeah. Shout out to I got two forevers. I got the one with Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, Eminem, a great one. And then the one with Chris Brown because, I yeah. mean, it made it made it to the office, it, uh, YouTube trend at the wedding, yep. a huge video. Um, the couple of fun ones I threw on there, Call Me Maybe. Like, I mean, come Solid. on. That was Solid. a <laughs> banger. Yeah, Sorry, Justin Bieber. Oh, I had Baby Roar, on Katie there, Perry. I know I would have gotten ridiculed. I, right. Oh my god. I was I was gonna pick no <laughs> I joke. I was gonna pick baby in the third round. I would have respected I, that because like, you gotta respect he, the game. Here's the thing, Dustin. You can you can get mad at it, but I promise you, you know every word to that song. You know every word to it. And if you say you don't, you're lying. I think I got you're out lying. of fever before that. No, you're lying to yourself. No. It'll it'll pop on. You haven't heard it in a decade. It's like Africa. Like I hadn't heard that song in a decade. <laughs> I still know. But you still know the words. It's like riding a bike when you hear that beat to baby. It's like riding a bike. Just saying. I got a handful of rap ones, but one more rock song I think we missed was Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, great banger there by them. Um, Rap stuff I had uh, Stronger by Kanye before he got weird. It's an understatement, but yeah. Lil John missed the list. Get Low by Lil John. Hmm. The the what Brooks had a Lil Wayne song earlier. T Pain. What's that? Do you have T Pain? I do. Where did yeah, I go? T-Pain was I was de- Yeah, T Pain had a couple on the By OLI the way, outside looking in. To see T Pain yeah, and do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, another Lil Wayne song I had was Fireman. Oh, a Millie. Fire flame uh, spit a, You mentioned a Lubbock. A Lubbock thing earlier, and I think all of us should have. Tried to get this one in there was Cranked Out by Soldier yeah. Boy because oh. there was also a Crank great rendition of Cranked Out Crabtree. No. no, me and Lyle had this discussion, man. <laughs> if one of us could have got it in there, I'd love me it. Me and Lyle, literally about two podcasts ago, me and Lyle talked about this. I was like, Lyle, what was it like? And he was like, dude, that tried to that guy tried to get me on there for a feature. And I was like, oh, dear God, I would pay money to hear Lyle Leon Jr. rap. That would have been money. hilarious. <laughs> I had I had two uh, movie ones also. Well, one of them got famous because of the movie T.I. Live Your Life with The Hangover. Yep. Yeah. Became even more epic than it was. I also had this one come out of the left field. Scotty Doesn't Know from Europe. Scotty Show. Doesn't Know. That is a good one. Matt Damon. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. I also yeah. had I had this one, Dustin. I can't remember if you were working. I was ready to go deep. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were still working at the rec when this one, like, remember Roar by Katy Perry? And oh, the rec center banger. had that little TV in the middle of the hallway that was always playing the Roar song. 
Oh my gosh. Oh no, I did not get to feature that. Thank God. Oh, it was the worst thing ever. That TV in the middle, uh, on your, on your way back to the back part of the rec center was playing roar on loop with like their fitness class intros. So that song is just permanently burned in Y'all my head. The the, yeah, yeah. That's how I know Dustin campus? is. Dustin was my first center manager. Yeah, he missed his first shift ever. I had to call him at six in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I worked at the rec too. I was not the greatest employee there. I'll tell you that. Shout what, out to, uh, what department were you? Uh, I was a red shirt. So red shirt. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were all there. Yeah, like a shout out to shout out to Lindsey uh, Anderson on that front. Shout yeah. out to Lindsey. Yeah. Me and her became CMs at the same time way back. Shout out to her. She runs that whole joint now. Yeah, she does. She does. Mm-hmm. She hired me. She hired yeah, she's me. Awesome. Um, and then she promoted me to trainer and manager. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys. So, like, I, I can say it now that I've graduated and I haven't worked there in like seven years. I I sucked at my job. I was so lazy. <laughs> I didn't give a damn, bro. I, I, I really Y'all were in our own ways. <laughs> yeah, like I, I would. I just, I just didn't care, like at all. And in hindsight, I probably should have cared a little bit more. I just didn't. Like, I, I just didn't care at all. <laughs> I, yeah, I it seems like it's there. all worked out for. It seems like it's all worked out for us now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but, I wouldn't trade it for the world, though. It was a dope. It was a dope job on campus. I highly recommend it to everybody. Hell yeah, we had uh, a lot of good relationships. Hell, Dustin's my best man at my wedding coming up. Met him through the rec. Two of my other groomsmen uh, worked with at the rec center. So. Uh, our ex has built a lot of... I mean, I made it my whole profession, uh, yeah. basically. <laughs> I did for a little bit, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go sports media. Like, let's just let's just dive in for it and see what happens. Divert. <laughs> well, that concluded our draft. We will be posting these. Make sure you pay attention to our Twitter, at tailgate underscore talks, to vote and participate on the shot bet. We'll see who wins this one. Who do you think has the best songs? It was a good time. Our first shot bet draft. RC, before we get you out of here, the NFL playoffs have been going on. And so kind of want to get your thoughts on where your head's at on the NFL playoffs and everything. Maybe uh, some Titans wish lists as y'all are in the offseason now. <laughs> Just so some, some quick hitters from you on the NFL playoffs. Just a, the Titans real quick. Just anything competent on the offensive side of the football. Um, right. <laughs> but when it comes to the playoffs, I, I still have the two teams that I picked from the jump, like from preseason, um, still having a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I had Chiefs 49ers and a rematch from a few years ago. Um, and I still see it the same way. Um, I think Kansas City, they win their second Super Bowl with Pat. And um, I'm sure somebody will say, oh, that's biased because, you know, uh, Texas Tech and all this stuff. I just. Listen, when you got the best quarterback in the world, yeah. I, I think you can beat anybody any given week. And um, I, I think I think they win this week. I think it'll be super close uh, for Kansas City and the Bengals. I don't know what the spread is. I, I think last I saw, the Bengals were actually favored saw, in that game by minus one and a half. Yeah. Um, I saw Chiefs one and a half, but that was yesterday. So I don't know if that line swung any. Um, I think it swung a little. Yeah. I mean, yeah, either way, it's probably really just a pick them, if we're being honest. Um, I, I, I'm picking the Chiefs to win that. I think it's going to be close, like 27-24. And then they gotta got to get over that Bengals. They, the Bengals have had their number. I, I, 100%. They need to get over that hump, yeah. And, the, and they will, I think, this week. Um, and then I got, crazy enough, Brock Purdy. 
and the San Francisco 49ers beating the Eagles up in Philly. I just think um, if you're if we're being honest about it, the Eagles and the 49ers are probably the two best rosters in the NFL. Like they're they're loaded. Great defenses. Um, everything. Everything is good. Yep. Um, and so I, I think probably whoever wins that game is probably going to be favored to win the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, give me the Chiefs over the 49ers. Um, I think both games are going to be really, really close. And I think that that Mahomes-Burrow matchup is going to live up to the hype and then some um, on Sunday night yeah. for a chance to play in another Super Bowl for Pat. The Chiefs winning the Super Bowl would make me a very happy man. I put a nice little bet on them before the season started, took them uh, to win it all. So that would that would help. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I think too. it's funny. Everybody, everybody thought, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen was going to be like the next – Brady Manning thing, but it might be Mahomes Burrow um, that, is, I that think, yep. replaces that. And I think it's like hurtling towards that really quickly. I'm excited for this one. Well, man, we appreciate you hopping on the tailgate. Uh, we appreciate the draft topic. That was pretty fun. Had a good time with that. So we'll make sure uh, we'll clip that, post it on the YouTube, let you know and everything. And of course, you know, you got to sell yourself on Twitter to try to get some people to vote for that, those picks, although they might just vote for him anyway. They might hate mine and Dustin's who knows, but appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me on for sure. And that will do it for us this week. We appreciate RC stopping by the tailgate to hang out with us. It's always unfortunate to talk about a losing program, but uh, enjoyed his takes on Texas tech. And then of course, enjoy his topic for our first ever shot bet draft drafting 2000 to 2015 songs we had a good time with that make sure you're paying attention to our twitter account again uh, to vote on that you get to determine who wins this shot bet uh, so we will appreciate all interactions with that um, but also make sure you're following us follow the tailgate on apple and on spotify giving us those five star reviews five stars for the tailgate if you listen to us on apple remember write us those reviews Follow that Twitter account, tailgate underscore talks, to vote on our shot bet polls, or to just catch anything that we're tweeting about during tech games and all that good stuff. Sorry, I had a couple of beers. Uh, you can kind of tell now. <laughs> uh, coming back to bite me in the ass here as we try to get you guys out. Um, but yeah, follow those social media accounts. Follow our YouTube channel. We'll be posting the uh, draft there for you guys to see as well as some of the stuff we talked to RC about with the basketball team. That'll do it for us this week. We thank y'all for listening to our interview with RC. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.